I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Gotta stomp to my own drum, stomp to my own song, stomp, hey, ooh, gotta stomp to my own drum, stomp to my own song, stomp, hey, ooh, there's a great big world that I want to see. Today I welcome a guest that is many miles away from me um, at, at the time that we're recording. It's eight o'clock to me and three o'clock to her. So um, it's kind of fun to do that, realizing how close we can all get come together, yet be so far away in, in miles. So today I welcome Jeanette Snedeker. Welcome. So excited to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, let's get rolling. Starting out with, if you were to tell yourself to someone who you are, how do you introduce yourself professionally and personally? And what would people say about you? That's hard. (laughs) Um, Professionally at the moment, I tell people that I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I am a full-time student. Um, I'm working on my degree in environmental management, and I also have an associates in safety. And I'm a veteran. Uh, Personally, I am a gym junkie. I love working out. I like to do uh, bodybuilding competitions. And I'm a baking enthusiast. So that is pretty much what I tell people. That's the basis of me. Uh, And I'm a large nerd. I do a lot of video games with my husband and uh, Magic the Gathering and things like that. So big nerd. You're pretty busy. You're pretty yeah. busy on, on all aspects. So let's dive in. Um, you're in Germany now. What what put you there? So my husband is active duty military, and this is where we're stationed at the moment. So whole family packed up and moved across the country. Wow. Well, across is, the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is that a scary thing to you? I mean, being a veteran yourself, you you already know kind of how that world is, but, but is it scary being a a mom and taking your kids across Um, the world? Not really. When we first decided to have kids, we were actually stationed in Spain. And so my eldest was born in Spain and we moved back to the States when she was six months old. So coming back overseas, I mean, it was just like, okay, like, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. I mean, you do worry because Europe is known for um, 
children being kidnapped and stuff like that. I mean, human trafficking is a big thing, but also they're very family oriented here too. So you always see families out walking around and playing in playgrounds and stuff like that. It's, it's a different lifestyle and a lot slower than what it is in America. So really? we were, we were okay with coming overseas. Yeah. So slower allows you to kind of pack more into your daily, daily life. Yeah. Um, definitely have my hands full, but at the same time we get more quality family time. I feel like yeah. just because things are slower. I mean, and it, it's harder for me to work while we're over here. So that gives me more time of just being mom and, you know, having family time. So focusing uh, on me too. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Being a stay at home mom, you're, and you, are your kids school age yet? Um, still? My youngest will be going into kindergarten this next school year. Okay. And then my eldest, she will be going into second grade. So you do have to navigate what the education system would be um, while you're abroad. Is, is mm-hmm. that a tough, is it a lot different than, I mean, before you went to Germany, were you in Georgia? Yes, we were in Georgia. Okay. Um, the biggest difference here is in the States where you have a pre-K system where you can either, if I know in Georgia, it was a lottery system. And so if you got in the lottery suite, you didn't have to pay. If not, there were still other options as far as taking your kids to daycare and paying for pre-K. I don't have that option here. So my daughter didn't make the cut for the pre-K here. So she's just stuck at home and they expect me to do it, which I'm not a professional teacher. So it's a little rough. Plus I'm mom. No one wants to listen to mom. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I, we, we homeschooled and um, I can remember probably the first advice somebody gave me was remember your kid doesn't go skipping to their room going, Oh, I'm happy to clean my room, mommy. They're not going to be happy to study every day either. And yep. that probably was some good advice because it was like, oh, it's the same concept of yep. I'm still in charge. And mm-hmm. that, that some days you don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I didn't. So yeah. well, well, that's um that's a lot on your plate too, to be responsible. I mean, even though they're young, I mean, that's that's a lot to be responsible for. And then you dove into school too. Um mm-hmm. So talk to me about your major and why you went environmental and um, what, what do you think, what are your plans? What's your direction? Well, um, so when I was in the military, I was a mechanic. When I got out of the military, I knew I did not want to be a mechanic anymore, but I had other dealings with the safety for our shop and I had to dealt with like our hazardous materials and waste and stuff like that. So that was my way of carrying that time forward without having to be a mechanic still. Cause I didn't want the six years that I was in wasted. So I got my associates in safety. I'm finishing my bachelor's uh, with environmental management. Um, when I was in Georgia, I did work for an environmental consultant company, which I loved my job and it was great. But of course I had to quit when we moved here. But the good thing about the military is because you move so much and you restart so much, it always gives you new opportunities. So honestly, when I go back to the States, I don't plan on continuing 
with environmental. Uh, I would like to open my own business and me and my husband plan on opening our own gym. I'm going to use, of course, my degrees as a fallback and probably be working those to make money to support the gym. But once that gets up and running, that is the goal. Uh, All right. So, wow. Entrepreneurial spirit is definitely between the two of you. Um, Have you always been like that? Have you always been a, um, well, let's start this or what, where did that come from? Where'd that fire come from? Um, My husband and I, I mean, we're very open to trying new things. I mean, I think the military has helped that because we're forced into new, new experiences all the time. Um, He's determined that he wants to become a millionaire. I don't care so much. I just want to be comfortable. (laughs) But it's just come to a point where you live once and I want to enjoy what I'm doing every single day. I don't want to have to drag going to work. And I mean, of course, you're going to have your off days. But for the most part, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And that is the direction forward for us just to be happy. Yeah. Well, and you're right. In the military, you're having to restart whether you want to or not. Um, yeah. But that can also wear you out. So yeah. how do you guys uh, kind of refuel your, yourselves? Um, I mean, honestly, we're to the point that we're so used to it. You do. Actually, when we're in one place for too long, like you start to get that itch because you're used to moving so much. Like you kind of have to force yourself like, no, like. And it's going to be hard once he retires, like, cause we were ready to settle down, but I know we're going to get that itch a little bit to move. Um, we just find just different things that we're interested in and try new things. Um, like he's huge into jujitsu and things like that. And so, you know, I've tried it out. We just try new experiences to just keep us entertained and motivated and, you know, just always dabbling. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the gym and the jujitsu ideas and um, and then bodybuilding. I mean, those are those are both really intense, intense Mm -hmm. sports and um, very self-focused. I mean, you have to kind of it's a community, but yet it is an individual. So how did you get into bodybuilding and, um, you know, what? what keeps you going in that? And and, I mean, I just explained kind of the whole mentality of the sport for me. Okay. Um, so when I first started lifting weights was when I joined the military, I kind of dabbled a little bit. And then when I met my husband, we started dating, he lifted all the time. So I was like, you know, I'll start going to the gym with you. Of course I wanted to lose some weight. Um, And, you know, he taught me some things. Well, we only dated for six months before he went to Spain and I got stationed in Turkey. So we did a long distance relationship for 15 months. To make that work, you can't go out and party and drink because it's not going to last. So I went to the gym all the time and I just figured out like my own flow and what I enjoyed doing and just learned from there. And it became just kind of my me time. And so once we got married and got back together and everything, like it just became what we did together. That was our hobby together, but also what we did to de-stress type thing. And then especially once I have children now, mom, they already know, like mom's leaving the house. She's going to the gym for her hour or so just to deload and have 
her me time, which it is, it is a very self self sport, especially when you go into like bodybuilding competitions, it's a selfish sport. Um, which has caused problems. I, I, I won't say that it hasn't um, because it, it's a lot of stress. You become very busy if you're cutting weight. You know, I had, it gets to the point where I'm doing 45 minutes of cardio plus an hour to hour and 15 minutes of working out. Plus you got to prep your food and still do daily life. So it becomes stressful and practice posing. That's like another 30 minutes. So not a I lot of hours. I thought about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a bit and it's caused problems. That's why right now I'm kind of taking a break from it, especially until the girls get a little older, a little more self-sufficient. Um, but it's just part of it. Your hobbies yeah. are your hobbies. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. And as a mom, a lot of times you, you do have to take a little bit of a backseat. But yeah. um, so what would your advice to somebody who's who's looking towards starting out in it and maybe they don't have a family yet, or maybe they just started a family. So what kind of talk would you give that lady? I would say it's a great sport. I mean, obviously I love doing it. Um, you just need to be very cognizant and aware of where your emotions are. And in the, at the end of the day, remember that your family and your loved ones are the most important thing. I mean, I, I love bodybuilding and my personal time, but it's not worth risking my relationships with my family because I'm grouchy just because I'm hungry or something like that. Like you have to be very just cognizant of your priorities is what I would say the most important thing is. But if you're capable and a lot of women are of separating the two and just reminding yourself that these are my goals and you know, I need to put my emotions on hold because my family didn't ask for this and you can separate the two. You're golden, you know, and you'll be able to succeed very well with that sport. But it just comes down to, I guess, what people prioritize because it can, it can mess up relationships very easily if you let it. Well, and does it play a little bit of a mind game too? I mean, we, we have so much about body image and, um, and if you begin the sport, then you're really tuning into your body. And then if you pause, does that kind of mess with your head too? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Body image is a huge uh, thing. So when I cut down, let's see, I got down to 8% body fat which you get kind of like, kind of like beer goggles. You get like prep goggles, that's what they say. And I couldn't see, I couldn't see what other people saw. Other people were like, oh my gosh, like you look ridiculous. I'm like, I see myself every day. Like, I feel like I don't look that great. Like I need to get better, you know? It's like a constant pursuit. So once you finish your show and you have to put body fat back on, because it's not healthy to stay that low, it really plays games with your mind because you know that you need to put fat back on. But at the same time, you're like, man, like I spent all this time cutting all this weight off. And like, I, I like how I look, I look good, but it's not healthy. And it definitely, it plays games with your mind and you have to be very aware of it because I mean, it can throw people into eating disorders and everything else. If you're not, if you don't pay attention, I will say that. 
Do you see that among older competitors or younger competitors or does it know no age? Um, it actually doesn't. I don't see it happening that often, honestly, because a lot of people that are in the bodybuilding world are aware the goal is putting on muscle mass. And if you want to put on muscle mass, you need those calories. Because if you're eating too little, you're, you're not going to be making as many gains or as much progress as you could be. So you want to be taking in the calories. So it doesn't happen that frequently as far as body image for people that are like, like serious competitors or bodybuilders. Um, but I would say people like just dabbling. Yes, I could see that becoming a large issue. I would say more so with a younger crowd, just because, I mean, as we get older, we we do mature, we do gain that knowledge that is needed type thing. Definitely not happy I'm 20 anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it just plays, I mean, all sorts of things play in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of mind game to anything physical. Um, yes. In the jujitsu, there's, there's a whole lot of mind work that goes into what you physically have to be able to do as well. So, mm -hmm. um, so now are you're, you're not, you dabble in jujitsu a little bit, but that's not your thing. That is not my thing. My husband's like, thing. my husband loves jujitsu. I'm like, man, it's painful. Like I have bad knees. I don't like messing around like that. Like I don't like being put in uncomfortable positions. I like my bubble. Like, yeah. But I mean, he messes with me all the time just because he's like, well, I want to try out this new move. Like, just hold still. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like this That's sucks. Funny. Okay. But I mean, I see where he enjoys it. But for me, it's just not my thing. Yeah. So what kind of gym is your your dream to to begin? So I don't like mainstream gyms. I don't like anything big. I want a small personal gym that is kind of, I guess you would say an old school style gym, something you're there to lift weights and go home. Like that's it. Like I'm not trying to do the whole fitness groups and all that stuff. Like, yeah, but you got to find a way to bring in money too. And that's normally the way to bring in money. So we're working on finding a balance. <laughs> yeah. So would it be jujitsu and the weightlifting and bodybuilding? We've discussed it. Um, it's pretty much coming down to how much my husband wants to participate. Because right. he's like, man, I'm going to be retired. I don't want to work this and that. I'm like, I'm okay. You know, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how much he wants to actually put effort forward towards it. That's funny. So y'all are still in the talking, dreaming stage of that. You're yeah. You're, you're still in the grind of working. So, mm -hmm. um, well, you know, we talked a little bit, just touched on the long distance um, dating that you were doing. That's, mm -hmm. that's tough. So yeah. you found a way to kind of throw yourself into some interest, but uh, long distance, would you recommend it? With the right person? Yes. Um, I mean, if it's the wrong person, it's not going to work out anyway in my yeah. opinion. Um, I mean, my husband and I were only dating for a month when we, or no, sorry, six months when we left, we found out after a month of dating, like, Hey, you guys will be moving away from Texas. Yeah. You're going to Turkey. He's going to Spain. 
at that point I was like, well, it was fun for that month. Like, let's go our separate ways. And he was like, he's like, I see this going further than that. I was like, I mean, okay, so let's give it a shot. So we dated for six months, then we separated. And I mean, at that point, we already knew that we were going to get married. I mean, it, and it had only been six months. Like, we just knew, like, we fit well together. We had the same interests, like, and we just loved spending all our time together. And when I say all our time, we worked in the same shop together. So we worked to get together, and then we went home and we spent the whole evening together. I mean, and that's what we were used to for the first six-ish years of marriage until I separated from the military. Yeah. So, I mean, we enjoy spending a lot of time <laughs> together, and that was hard, actually, when I got out the military not spending so much time together um but you find ways to make it work because i knew every time he went out even with the guys to the bar and he'd come home at two or three in the morning there was going to be an argument and it got to the point where is is it worth the argument and putting the other person in that kind of discomfort or just not going so we just stopped we stopped going out and partying because it wasn't worth hurting the other person, even though we weren't doing anything wrong. It's just stressing them out. Like, what if, you know? Yeah. So it came down to, I went to work, came home, went to the gym, and then we played video games together online. Cause that's what we could do together. Yeah. So, well, that does pull the world a little closer to yeah. be able to do the gaming and um, the technology that we've gotten as, um, yeah really pulled the world together so yeah well that's that his secret some... way of turning me into a nerd i tell you because yeah. I, I did not do video games prior to him he he definitely converted me <laughs> that's funny that's funny well um that's interesting because you're finding you you found some ways and um after being together so much and then having that much time apart um that took some maturity on both sides Mm-hmm. So that, that probably is a key too. To, yeah. And that mutual respect. Did you grow yeah. up with those kinds of principles or is this just how you became an adult? Um, I would say a little bit of both. Um, I mean, your parents always, in, well, most parents always instill, instill some form of morals and, you know, my parents definitely instilled like good work ethic and stuff in me. I I know that's where I got that from, but some things you just grow up and mature and realize. I mean, I think, and like I said, I think having the right person also played the part because I mean, I had been in plenty of relationships where it was just like, all right, well, that was a crap shoot, you know? And this was the <laughs> one, like pretty much this was the only one that I like truly cared about ensuring that it lasted and worked so I think that just it was just the right person you know yeah yeah well being in bodybuilding I know I'm jumping all over the place but there's just all these thoughts that just come you've got two girls right Mm -hmm. and so would you want them to follow your footsteps in bodybuilding I would be okay with it um if I was there to help them, because like we've talked about, like it's very easy to become either too obsessed with body image or maybe go down the wrong path as far as eating disorders and stuff like that. Um, 
but it also can instill good things. I think it can provide a good sense of confidence and especially it forces you to get over stage fright. Um, good, no kidding. Hardcore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Um, it definitely has helped teach me better about my nutri- my nutrition, um, learning about like macronutrients, micronutrients, things like that. Um, it's taught me a lot. And that's part of the reason I did enjoy doing it is to teach my girls, show them, look at mommy. She's up on a stage. Like she is doing this and it's, it's okay. It's okay to be scared and still do something. Same with it's okay to, you know, eat these healthy foods. And yes, mom does have some ice cream every once in a while, but mommy tries to control how much she eats, you know, and just trying to teach them healthier habits, I suppose. Because for me, I love my family, but we didn't have a healthy background. Um, Definitely have sweet tooth. And it's taken a lot for me to overcome bad habits as far as food. So trying to teach my girls that has become important to me. Well, that was one thing I wanted to ask you Um, in the traveling and then, you know, how do you, how do you handle your food choices? You, you said you were somewhat of a a foodie. So um, talk to me about that and, and being international and what's that like? Um, Well, my husband and I love food. I love food. Um, Finding a balance has really been the biggest thing. Normally with the process of moving, you're going to put on weight, which we're both fully aware of. You don't, you don't always have a kitchen available. It's not like I can sit there and cook food all the time. Um, sometimes you don't have healthy choices. You only have fast food. Uh, just trying to make the best choice of with what you have. But also, if him and I want to go out on a date and I've been eating healthy for a week or two weeks straight, I'm going to go have a Philly cheesesteak or something. Like I'm going to enjoy my life still. It's just trying to find that right balance between things. Yeah. So when you do land in a kitchen, what, what do you want to cook? Oh, I love chicken and potatoes. (laughs) Hardcore. I'm a sweet potato fan, sweet potatoes. Anyway. Um, that's, that's my go-to. Everyone says it's gross, but I take my egg whites and I put it with my sweet potatoes and I put a little peanut butter and some sugar-free syrup on it. It's like, it's like a sweet and savory deliciousness all in one. I love it. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not going to say anything. Um, it, you you had me, I guess, until you started mixing the syrup in. And, and I'm just not sure about that. But Yeah. Well, um, the egg whites don't taste like that much. So when you got the right. sweet potatoes with peanut butter and syrup, like those are all sweetish, And then your egg whites just, that's your protein. So just toss them in. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys have um, fresh resources, markets, that kind of thing? Yes. In Germany? Oh, yeah. Um, produce here is like phenomenal. Um, yeah. Well, we live out in the farm country also. So getting fresh produce is, is not a challenge. The house we're living in, I mean, I can go in the backyard. We have a plum tree, a pear tree, an apple tree blueberries growing and strawberries. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have prime choices on (laughs) all of those. 
Wow. That's not what I picture. I don't know why I don't yeah. picture that, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I thought the weather was harsher than um, maybe those kinds of. I, I definitely expected it to be more harsh than it is. Yeah. I mean, it's cold outside right now, but we've only had snow stick to the ground once this winter. I mean, yeah. and it was gone by the next day. So <laughs> it really hasn't been that bad. Yeah, that's kind of what we've had. I mean, but this morning it was 21 degrees. So, um, yeah, so Alabama, <laughs> I'm in Alabama, but Becca is in Georgia. And wow, I mean, it's just been crazy kind of weather, but I guess that's true in a lot of places. Um, so what stresses you out the most? What what in your daily um, daily life and then, you know, long, long-term futuristic, what, what stresses you the most? Well, I'll tell you right now, I do not handle stress. Well, it's part of the reason I had problems with, uh, competing. <laughs> oh, really? Um, oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just stemmed from even when I was a child, like if I had a test coming up when I was a kid, like I would get physically sick because I would get so nervous. Like I just don't handle stress. Well, it's not quite that extreme anymore. Um, long-term, I do stress about my husband retiring, um, moving back stateside and settling in. I mean, it's just, it's all going to happen at the exact same time. So it becomes very stressful because I need to ensure that I get a good paying job and can afford our life still and trying to uproot the girls and put them in new schools and buying our forever home and him not having a, well, he'll have retirement, but him not having a job anymore is just, it's a lot. So that's a pretty frequent stressor um, that we think about a lot because it's coming up soon. He retires in five years, four years, four years. Uh, so not very much longer. <laughs> that's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so y'all are still so very young. So you yeah. have like a whole life. Yes. It, after that part yes whole nother whole nother 20 years till he's technically oh not even that 25 to 30 years until we're retirement age yeah. so yeah it's uh it's big but but that's something that you see a lot in military is that mm -hmm. um that they have two and three full careers and yeah so, I mean, having seen that over and over, that has to provide you some, oh, this happens and mm -hmm. people land yeah. fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know we will be fine. It's just having the unknown. And especially with the military, it's very hard to plan things because they always throw a wrench. Um, when we lived in Georgia, we figured we were going to be there until he retired. And we bought a house. And we were in our house for three months and found out we were moving for, to Germany. Oh, man. So we had to, we, we had our house exactly one year when we signed it over to the new owners. So that was lots of fun. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's impossible to make any form of plans because they, it throws a wrench in everything. Um, but short-term stressors. It's been stressful, you know, like with my daughter not being in preschool, trying to ensure that she's not behind for kindergarten, you know, me making sure that I'm doing what I can to 
have her set up for life and be ready. Uh, you know, of course, schooling, because I still have to get my own papers and things written. Uh, it, it just trying to make every day to day happen. Uh, I'm their Girl Scout leader at the moment. So trying to ensure all of that is lined up and squared away and we're going into cookie sales and all that. It's just everything piles on. So, so even in Germany, and I I know this is going to sound like an ignorant comment, but (laughs) Girl Scouts and cookies, just like we do here. So is this a troop that is a military based troop or is it? Okay. No, it's, uh, it's only on the base. Uh, I mean, there's, it's not quite the same as when you're stateside because we have restrictions because of um, SOFA agreements and stuff like that with the German country. Uh, like we can't go sell door to door, not allowed to do that. Like we have to set up booths at specific businesses on base and then people have to come to us if they want cookies type yeah. thing. And that's the only way we're allowed to sell. Um, so it, it's different, but it the same. You know, it's just, there's just a couple different restrictions that we have to get used to, but yeah. that's part of life. <laughs> yeah, it is. But that gives them something to do that when you make moves between countries, um, mm-hmm. it, it provides a little bit of familiarity of, oh, this is still my life. Yes. And that's so, what I'm hoping for, for them. So a lot of what you are doing is very intentional. Yes. I try to make everything intentional as much as I can. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So who do you turn to as a mentor? Um, I normally talk to my mom a lot. Uh, She helps out a lot, of course. And also my husband is very, very reliant on both of them to, especially, I mean, day to day can wear you down sometimes and, Talking to them normally, even just getting my thoughts out can help de-stress me and then be like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. You're just overreacting. Like just talking out with them sometimes just helps so much. So those are, those are my main two go-tos. They help me through a lot of things and they're just, they're both good people to look up to. I mean, honestly, so. That's great. Uh, so do you plan out your, your school? I mean, it's pretty much online or you, you don't do any attending in classes, but that becomes an an amazing self-discipline act. So how as a mom um, and somebody who's running the household and still, you know, you're juggling all of these things, how does how do you plan your school priority? Honestly, my gym becomes priority and the school comes second. Not going to lie. Ah, there's her <laughs> compass. Yeah. Yeah. So in the evenings I talk to my husband, I'm like, what do you have planned tomorrow? And he tells me, I'm like, okay, so as if I go to the gym at 8 AM, can you watch my youngest for that hour while you're working? And then I'll pick her up. I'll go grab groceries. Then I go home. I get her lunch. Then I sit and do my schoolwork. I get her set up with something to do, some form of activity. And then I try to get a chunk of it done. And then I go and get her and I do her schoolwork with her. And then by that time, him and my other daughter are coming home. And then I do dinner. And that's normally how the day plays out almost every single day. Yeah. 
when we were schooling and I would have Isaac who was older than the girls, I had these special boxes that could only be used while we were, while I was with Isaac. And Mm -hmm. so we had things in it like little counting bears or um, I can't really, or little math blocks or something like that. And because they could only use it when I had needed Isaac time, they weren't tired of that toy or game or little educational activity. And it saved me. And, and I think that it was just a, a lot of pre-planning. So mm-hmm. you find yourself doing a tremendous amount of pre-planning. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I have a cricket cause I like to scrapbook. And so I'll pre-cut out like different pictures and stuff. That way she can make like a picture collage of whatever she wants with cutouts and things like that. And they, uh, so I, I love arts and crafts, which so do my girls. So I have a lot of fabric from sewing them baby clothes and all kinds of things. So I cut off fabric and my youngest likes making Barbie clothes. So she always comes, I need more tape, mom. I need more tape. And she's (sighs) making all these kind of dresses for Elsa with her fabric and tape. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait till she can sew. (laughs) Yeah. That, um, that kind of creates the foundation for learning of, you know, being Mm -hmm. able to, critically think, you know, it, of how much tape and how much fabric you've got to have to cover that. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. My um, husband says I'm a, I'm an old lady because I love baking and cross stitching. I'm like, well, my mom cross stitched and baked. So naturally I picked it up. So I'm like, well, if I do this around my girls and they're going to like doing that plus sewing and everything else. Yeah. Oh, I used to make sweet rolls and well, I still do. I make them all the time, but um, I can remember one time my mother saying, why don't you wait until they go to bed to do this? Cause they were always up underneath me. And mm-hmm. I was like, because they won't learn how to do it. If yep. they're in bed and magically these roles appear, appear. And, yep. um, and sure enough, I mean, Becca's a cabinet cook because she hung out in the kitchen with me all the time. So, um, and Tori is becoming one out of necessity. Um, so, and, and that kind of brings me when I say to necessity, she's because things are so expensive that she's learning how to do more of the cooking and more of her, you know, meal prep and then being all of mine are in jujitsu. And so meal prepping is a, is a big thing in that community. Um, Mm -hmm. whether you're cutting weight or not, you just, you know, you, when you invest in all the spats and all the um, rash guards, you, you want them to fit for a while. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they're expensive. Yeah. So, um, budgeting and, and those kinds of skills, is that in your wheelhouse or, um, in, so in, especially in, in groceries? I'm in charge of the finances. Um, I've always been bad at budgeting, but pretty much the first and the 15th is when we get paid. So on those days I sit down, I pay all the bills and it's like, what's left over. That is our food money. And then your, your mess around money. And that's pretty much what it is, which my husband and I don't really spend money on much. So it, it just comes down to that's our food money. And then everything else goes to savings type thing is, I mean, I know a lot of people that budget a lot with things like that. 
I've just never been good at it. That is not my strong suit. <laughs> well, we can't be good at everything. So. Exactly. <laughs> That's always been my philosophy. So uh, having your husband in the jujitsu world and being in the gym and, and then going to all these competitions and everything, it, you know, some girlfriends, wives, um, they don't want their significant others to be rolling with other females. And is that something that has been a mindset for you? Or, I mean, it's just kind of like what it is. I mean, it always crosses your mind because that's part of the reason I don't like doing it. Cause I don't like dudes. Like I don't want a guy that close to me. Like that's, you know, that's your personal space. I mean, so I can't say it's never come up, but at the same time, you have to trust your significant other. If they truly love you, they're not going to do anything type thing. And you also have to realize like those people are hot and sweaty and pretty nasty. <laughs> I yeah. mean, especially if they've been rolling around, like even my husband. Not attractive. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not hot. I'm like, cause he'll be like, come on, come on, come roll with me. I'm like, I'm not touching you. Like you're disgusting. And I'm married to you. Like that's a little, a little too much sweat for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so it just well, comes down to one of those things you just have to trust the other person so in all these trust and all these kind of um situations that you find yourself in talk to me about communication how do you bring these things up or do you oh my husband and I are great at communicating um just from day one um so he's previously married and that was part of their problem was lack of communication, but there were also kids. Like I'll give them that. Cause me and him got married at 24. Yeah. So, I mean, we were still pretty young and he had already been married. So he was way young. Uh, so communication, we had already pre-discussed like that was important to us. And we were always, you know, let's not go to bed angry. I don't care how ticked I am at you. Like we're going to talk it out. Um, and it's worked because we're best friends and I pretty much, I feel comfortable saying anything to him. And even on some of the hard conversations, like we, we told each other, like, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. And I know this is probably going to, but I need to say it, which, I mean, he has told me like during some of my preps for competitions before, like, I love you, but you know, you're too stressed and you're coming across as a giant B. And I'm like, okay, like that does suck to hear. Like, and it doesn't make me feel good. And I don't, I'm sorry. I made you guys feel this way, but I needed to know that as much as it hurts to fix it. Cause if you don't know, you can't fix it. So, I mean, communication has been really important for us because I don't think we would have lasted if we didn't have it, especially with, for me in prepping, like if I let my stress get to me and continue to be a jerk to everyone I loved, then it would have ruined all our relationships if he hadn't told me and anything else, because sometimes you just don't realize how you come across. So, I mean, I, I would say a communication is one of our key tools that we use for sure. And I think we've had to just because of, you know, being long distance from the start and then, you know, just carrying it forward. Cause I mean, he's done plenty of deployments and TDYs and everything else. So 
if you can't communicate, how are you going to stay in contact and feel close to each other when you're separated for seven months and longer? Yeah. So, so how do you feel connected when you're separated for that long? I mean, we just talk. I mean, we talk every single day normally. No, we do every single day. I just tell him about the day, you know, like how the girls were doing, asking what he's doing. And just normally we just talk about how much we miss each other and carry on. Does that make it easier or harder to mm -hmm. talk every day? For us, easier. Yeah. I mean, because if I don't hear from him, I'm just sitting there thinking about him. What's he doing? You know, what's going on? You know, is he okay? You know, all these kind of things. So for us, it's simpler talking to each other. Yeah. But I guess everybody has to find their own stride with that. Yeah. Of of what works, what works. Some people, I mean, some relationships are better with more space for us, not, um, (laughs) but you know, everyone's relationships different. Yeah. What COVID did y'all? I mean, you were in Germany or we were in Georgia Georgia. for the initial COVID and we moved to Germany a year ago in January. So, I mean, I hate to say this for everyone who had struggled with COVID, but for us and our family, like COVID was great because even though it was hard because my youngest not my youngest, my eldest was finishing preschool, no pre-K. So doing distance learning with pre-K is not simple. And especially going into kindergarten, (laughs) distance learning was not simple. I can't even imagine how that was. Trying to to get them to focus and pay attention to a computer screen was uh, not an easy task. But other than that, like my husband teleworking and then I was teleworking So we would just hurry up and get our work done. And then we had all this family time. And we, I mean, when we lived in Georgia, we were out in the woods. So we'd go hunting for frogs and we'd go walking through the woods and we'd set up our pool. We spent the whole summer outside playing in the pool and we did campfires. And so for us, for the first year, like it was great for us. I mean, it we were also moving for and prepping for going to Germany, which sucked. But other than that, all that alone time and family time was really enjoyable for us. Yeah. And then Germany was a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. Germany was one of the things. But we left Georgia, which was pretty open. Yeah. Kind of laid we, back. Moved, we moved into Germany in the middle of a lockdown. And so as soon as we got here, we had to quarantine for two weeks. And for me, that was hard because I went from going to the gym almost every single day to I couldn't go at all for two weeks. I was like, okay, it's only two weeks. Well, then I find out, no, it's not only for two weeks. The gym is only open for active military, active duty military. I was like, cool, I'm not allowed to go. So then it was like a whole nother like two months until I was able to go. And so it was, it was pretty rough um, when we first got here because we couldn't go and do anything. So uh, getting past that was hard. And then things started opening back up and that made it a lot easier. The gym opened up 
which made our lives a lot easier. Um, he was able to go back to jujitsu, which helped. Um, I mean, things are more strict right now, but it's not as bad as it was. So it's not yeah. as terrible. <laughs> yeah. So you become grateful for less restriction, even though it's restriction. Yes, um, definitely. Well, you know, in being a gym rat and, and jujitsu being a part of your husband's life, from what I know of people that are involved in that world, they say that's kind of what balances and spills into the other aspects of their life. So when you take that away, that is a significant link. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel that way too? Do you see that in both of you? Um, so my husband will either not go to the gym or not go to jujitsu for whatever reason. Sometimes he has legit injuries. Sometimes he's just being lazy. And normally he just gets grouchy, like just mean. I just try to tell him, like, go to the gym. He's like, no, I'm not going. I'm like, no, I'm I'm not asking. Go to the gym because I'm going <laughs> to slap you if you don't. And so he leaves. He comes back and he's in a great mood. I'm like, I told you. He's like, you're right. I feel a lot better. I'm like, dude, because you just get mean when you don't have that time. And especially for him, he just needs to get some of that testosterone out. And I'm like, go lift something heavy or go throw someone around. Like, I don't care what, but <laughs> do what you need to do. And I mean, I get the same way too. I get, I get grouchy if it's been multiple days. Um, for me more so I get depressed on the days that I don't go to the gym, like just sitting around the house and I'm just not doing anything. And I don't know, I'm one of those people I need to wake up and go do something or I just get down. So yeah, just kind of get it started. Yeah, it definitely plays the tool sometimes. So in teaching that to your girls, that kind of life living philosophy, how how do you do that? Hmm. I mean, we try to, it's hard because I'm not trying to push any of what we enjoy doing onto them. If they're not interested cool. You don't have to do it. It's your life. But at the same time, we want to open their eyes to let them know all of their options type thing and to see what's good from the things. Because just about any sport and everything, you can find some form of good, which, you know, we've tried soccer and we've tried gymnastics and we tried a lot of sports with girls. And normally it's hard. I'm not amazing at it. So I don't want to do it. This and that. And on some of those things, we're just pushing them because I'm just, you know, you try to teach them, even though some things are hard, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it and it's worth doing and you'll learn something and we need to learn to be a team player. And (laughs) (laughs) parenting's hard. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It is hard. It is. And it's like, okay, you start something, you have to finish it. And mm-hmm. then it's, you know, but a season can be really long. Um, yeah. We had a swim coach to tell us, I mean, he wouldn't even let Isaac start because he was like, I forgot how old Isaac was, but he said, if a kid can't pull their equipment together, they don't belong in the pool. And that was a really good piece of advice to me because when they did get on a swim team as teenagers, I didn't touch their bags. Well, even as before they were teens, I didn't touch it. 
So when they got down there and they didn't have their cap or they didn't have whatever, that's not uh-huh. my fault. I've never <laughs> yeah. touched that bag. And, yeah. it, and, and then, you know, as I see them in adulthood, uh, if they're at a jujitsu tournament and they're cutting weight or well, the girls haven't, but Isaac does and he's cage fought. So it's like, um, I can't help him prepare. So, I mean, he's certainly to that point. And I like to think that it started from that one coach saying, yeah. Hey mom, you know, this is the deal. And, mm-hmm. um, but sports are hard, but they can teach. And, and yeah. you already talked about some of the lessons that you think that come off of, of bodybuilding. So. And my husband very much wants the girls to do some form of martial arts. He doesn't really care what, um, but he very, very strongly agrees with them learning it, not only for the discipline that it will teach them, but he wants them to have some form of self-defense. Yeah. I mean, as a young female and even young males, like anything can happen and it's just better to be prepared. Hopefully right. nothing will ever happen, but if you know it swell. And yeah. um, I know as they get maybe another year or two older, he definitely plans on probably forcing them to do it and hopefully yeah. they enjoy it. But yeah. I know that. And just that confidence that comes mm-hmm. from, I know I can take you out. Exactly. And, I mean, I just, I, I'm a little envious of that when I see my girls, you know, having that kind mm-hmm. of confidence. And I mean, they, they wouldn't, they're not going to just aggravate somebody to do it. But, but I think that even standing there and doing a presentation and work, when you realize that you've got a little bit of power of how you conduct yourself and control, because, mm-hmm. because even on a jujitsu floor, there's a lot of control you have to manifest. Yeah. Um, and I think that can translate into a boardroom of controlling yourself. Well, that's what um, my husband has told me because um, with his job, he has to do a lot of public speaking. And he used to, I mean, he used to hate public speaking, like really bad. But he said jujitsu's helped him with it because he gets up there and, you know, he feels the butterflies coming on and he gets nervous. And he's like, and he sits there and thinks about it. He's like, man, I know I could beat up probably every single one of you. And he's like, and I just feel better. And I can just do my speech. I'm like, yeah. well, that's one way to think about it. Like, it is probably inappropriate to say that yeah. as you start your oh, speech. Yeah. I'm like, but hey, I'm, I'm totally comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, hey, what's day like in a competition world when you're bodybuilding? What's, what's that day of... Um, maybe as you lead up to it, but really the day of competition, speaking of butterflies. It sucks. Competing (laughs) is not fun. (laughs) So normally the night before you have to go get your tan, one coat of your tan, you get more than one coat. Um, So that evening I normally bring like my own sheets. That way you don't mess up the hotel sheets because you're not trying to leave a a spray tan all over their sheets. But you also have to coat the uh, toilet seat with foil or something because your tan will stain the toilet seat. Um, And a lot of girls will buy like those pee funnels or you can get plastic cups and cut a hole into it. That way you don't leak onto your legs because your tans will streak really bad. It's not like a normal spray tan that people get for every day. Cause it's way darker. So you have to be very cognizant of everything you do because you don't want any splatters or spots all over your tan. 
You say with like, you can't use deodorant because that'll turn your tan green. So you smell wonderful. Uh, then of course you're going to be hungry because you're cutting calories normally. Um, so the day of you wake up, See, it's different. So my competition here in Spain that I did was way different than the one in the States. So if I was competing in the States, I got up around four in the morning to do my hair and makeup. And then I go in to do my second coat of tan. And then pretty much you hang around and try to not get stressed out, even though you're super stressed because you know you're going to be going on the stage in a little while. And you for bikini, you're the last group that always goes. So you have to wait for every other person to get up there and do their thing. And you go up for pre-judging, which is in the mornings. And then once you're done with that, you have a couple hours off and then you have to come back for the evening show, which then, so you have to try to not jack up your tan during the whole day. And then you come back and you get retouched up on your tan and you try to make sure your makeup and your hair is all good and same thing all over again. And it's a full, a full day. Like you're normally not leaving out of there till 9 PM at the earliest. So when you got up at four, it's, it's, it's a long day. It's like, Oh, you could just nap. No, <laughs> you're so stressed out. Like it does not. It doesn't yeah. Happen. Plus you wake up and you've drooled your tan or <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Um. All right, Jeanette, nothing about that sounds fun. No. So why would, why? Um, some girls really enjoy the actual competition because um, they like getting glitzed up. They like just strength their stuff. Um, for me, I don't really enjoy that part. It has helped me with confidence. I will say that like, that is one aspect that I do enjoy about it. But for me, I'm competitive, like hardcore competitive. So as you get older, it's harder to find things to be competitive in. Um, and running isn't really an option because I have bad knees and running is just painful. So this has just become one of the things like if I want to be competitive against other people, this is one of my only things. And prepping for a show, it only takes between 12 and 16 weeks. It's hard. And I won't say like it's completely fun, but at the same time it is because I enjoy seeing how I can push myself, how far I can go, um, how disciplined I can be. It's impressive what you can do when you put your mind to it. And I think that's what I enjoy about it because who knew I was ever capable of doing this or who knew I was ever able of having a six pack? Like I didn't know until it happened. Like these are things that unless you do it, you're never going to know. So. I really enjoy the aspect of being able to challenge myself and see if I can do it. So I would say that's probably the main reason competition day, not so much, but leading up to it, I, I do enjoy it. So it's a lot more competition with yourself. That yes. You enjoy. Yes. Um, with this sport, like even though you're competing against all these other girls, you can't compare yourself to them. Because in, at the end of the day, they have their body and their genetics, and it's going to be completely different than yours. And all you got to do is every time you get on that stage, try to make sure that you're bringing a better package than you did the last time. 
And that's, I mean, that's the best way of keeping your sanity because yeah. even though you may look better than the other five girls on that stage, the judges may be looking for something different and they don't pick you as the winner. Like for me with my first show in my eyes, I looked better than the other girls that was up there. I did not win because they went with the girl that was nine years younger than me and had, you know, less imperfections. She didn't have kids. She didn't have stretch marks on her stomach. You know, they were just going for a different look. Did that mean that I looked worse than her? No. In my eyes, hell no. Like I thought I looked great. So it's just one of those things you just can't, you can't compare yourself to other people or you're going to drive yourself like crazy. Yeah. That I, I could see that be a never ending cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And is everybody in the sport preparing differently? I mean, do they have different things that they're doing that chisel their bodies or? Yes. Um, some people cut sodium and water. Um, that's not the healthiest way of doing it. And some people do go extreme as far as cutting their calories down. Um, with my first competition, I did that extreme, um, and I was with a different coach and I decided like it worked, but I didn't like doing that. Um, so I switched to a different coach that had just a different style, different method, which for them, you increase calories going into your show, which fills your muscles and makes you look harder pretty much. Um, which I was like, I get to eat more going into the show. Sign me up. Like. Uh, I'm down for that. Um, and you know, it, it went a lot smoother, um, for me and the, everyone just has different styles and methods. It comes down to what you'd rather do and, you know, what coach and who you want to go with. Um, but there are more healthier options than others, I would say. But one thing people have to keep in mind is when you're cutting your body fat that low, it is never going to be healthy. That's why it's not sustainable. And you just have to keep that in mind because it messes with your hormones and everything else. I mean, last year, so I did a show in July last year. In April, I lost my period because my fat was already so low. I think I was at 16% in April. I had already lost my period. I didn't get it back until October. Wow. Yeah. That and does kind of wreak havoc on you. Yeah. It, it messes with your hormones a lot. So. Well, yeah. okay. So if you're into the bodybuilding, I mean, why is it? And again, I'm going to sound really ignorant. Um, why is it that just your workout routine doesn't get you competition ready. You mean without the cardio and dieting? Without including those? Well, I guess you'd have to include the cardio, but, and and if you're regular dieting, yeah, I guess it's just the whole package, but it can't wait till the 16, you know, weeks before or the, you know, it, it it's not like the 52 weeks of the whole year. Yeah. Um, So if someone's actually like competing, they normally stay pretty strict on what they eat the whole year. Yeah. Um, If they're a real competitor, 
Um, that doesn't mean they don't enjoy their birthday cake and things like that. You, right. You're going to live your life. Um, and when they're not actually dieting to go into the show, which is considered like a deficit, you're taking less calories in than what you're burning. They're normally in a maintenance phase or a surplus. So they're taking in the same amount of calories as they burn in a day or more. That way they can build muscle and everything else. Um, but they're still eating a very clean diet. And that's normally yeah. how most competitors maintain either a lower body fat or a pretty muscular physique um, throughout the year. I think, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And okay. then it's like, you're constantly in the gym. You're constantly doing, you yeah. know, your, your workout routine. So yeah. that doesn't, it might intensify, but it, you still have to maintain that. Yeah. Um, um well, I mean, most people that are into the bodybuilding world, they work out because they like to. Yeah. So whether they're going to be competing or not, they're still going to be going to they're the gym doing it. regardless. Yeah. Um, normally, just the cardio and the food is the only thing you would change as far as to get that body fat lower. Yeah. Wow. So looking um, historically, does this affect women? As they age, um, do they find that hormone balance? Is it able to, are you able to reestablish that hormone balance or is it historically something that it's like, oh man, you've kind of crossed the line and there's no getting it back. Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah. um, No, normally once you put some of the body fat back on, and your hormones will regulate. Sometimes it takes a little while. Um, like for mine, I was back to a normal body weight or body fat probably by August, September, but I still didn't get my menstrual cycle back to October, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it does take some time, but if you are putting the weight back on, it, it's going to re-regulate itself. It just takes some time sometimes, yeah. but it, it will go back to normal. Unless you keep continuously dieting, which I mean, who wants to do that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know anyone that does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you think you'll stay in this? I mean, I know you're taking a little, little bit of a break from the competition, but do you think you'll go back on stage? Um, It's definitely been a conversation between my husband and I, um, I think once we move stateside, I probably will try to do a couple more shows. Um, we've talked about me switching out of bikini into the fig- figure dis- division, which is a uh, more muscular, but I'll also be considered a master, which anyone who's 35 and older goes into the masters, which I mean, that's, that's a tough crowd to beat because I mean, all those women have been working out for a long time and they have that that depth to the muscle, you know, cause it, it's been there for so long. You can tell a difference between a younger competitor that's just been lifting a couple years to someone who's been doing it 10 to 15. It's a different, oh, really? look. oh yeah. Like the muscle, it just looks different. You can just, you can tell. So, I mean, those women, they're, they're impressive and hard to beat. So we'll see how it goes, but I do, I do think I'll step back on stage here in a couple of years, especially once my, my girls are older. Yeah. And you know, I might get a hankering. I want to do it sooner. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not ruling it out. (laughs) Yeah. Depends on um, the workload you've got. 
Yeah, you certainly have a big one. So um, we we've been all over the place, talked about a lot of different things. Is mm-hmm. there something that we haven't touched on that you would would like mm-hmm. to address? I don't think. Not really. That's pretty me. Pretty much me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> Mom well, and Jim and wife. That's that's about it. Well, each one of those takes a whole life of its own. Um, and so it's it's pretty, pretty significant. Some of the lessons you come out with and those that you can can share. What would you tell your 15 year old self? I would tell me to stop stressing over everything and stop caring what every other person thinks. I've spent most of my life caring or worrying about well, what are what are they going to think about me instead of just being happy with what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm finally I feel like to the point where I do things because it makes me happy. and I really just don't care what other people think. And I wish younger me would have done that a lot sooner. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that that's that's a good one to hand back. If you had one superpower, you could use it professionally, personally. What would it be? How would you use it? And why would you choose it? Oh, gosh, that is hard. Mm, one superpower. It would probably sound stupid. I would want the power of a better vocabulary. I wish I was a thesaurus. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, if I think about it, especially like professionally, you can convince people to do a lot of things just by having a better use of words. I think talking can get you in and out of a lot of situations. And I think that's a, a very beneficial superpower to have that's tremendous i like it yeah Uh, thanks (laughs) yeah and i can i mean as as you said that i was flashing through the different areas of your life and i can see where that would be beneficial on every level yes Uh, good superpower um if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or follow you how did they do that uh, normally following me, if you want to follow me for fitness li- related reasons, um, normally you can find me on Instagram. It's, uh, bake and biceps because I love baking <laughs> and I love the gym. Um, or you can look up my name, Jeanette Snedeker. And I I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. It's not a, not a common name, <laughs> Okay, but Instagram is normally the best way. Okay. And do you offer any kind of coaching advice or any kind of um, fitness advice to people. Is that something that you also put out there? Um, on my Instagram, I do record some of my workouts and things like that for people. I mean, if people reach out and ask questions, I do answer them. I'm not a registered personal trainer anymore. Uh, I used to be, but I let it expire and haven't recertified myself. Of course, busy with other things. Um, but I mean, yes, if people have questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. Uh, I also stress to people I'm not a registered dietitian. So any food things are not scientifically based. It's going off of experience, which is yeah. important to know. <laughs> well, it's important to know, but it's also um, useful because you're talking about 
a really hectic lifestyle plus a balance there. So those kind of tips a lot of times are pretty solid. Yeah. Well, thank you. What a great interview. And I appreciate the time that you've given us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to help. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family, to philosophy, to work, to meal prep, to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it.